saw some detour signs. I didn't see any. I saw them when you and Mom were trying to fold the map. Audrey, when they close the road, they put up big signs, like this one. Ah! Hi there, and welcome to Baseball by Design. This is a very special episode of Baseball by Design. I'm Paul Caputo, broadcasting live from the Helmet Sunday Hall of Fame in my basement in Fort Collins, Colorado. This episode is, it's, today is April 5, if you're listening to this on the day that it drops, it is opening day for AAA baseball. And so this is a day that is sort of a celebration for minor league baseball fans because all of these plans that we've been putting together for our baseball road trips can finally come to fruition. So I know we've got months and months of talking about baseball road trips ahead. And who better to start this conversation with than minor league baseball's own Ben Hill, who has been, I just heard at the time of this recording, Ben is fresh off his uh, appearance on live national television on the MLB network where they reported that Ben has been to 182 minor league baseball stadiums. So Ben, welcome. Thank you for being here. Hey, yeah, busy media day for me, but uh, happy to roll into this interview. Well, I, we were just saying on the, the sort of pre-interview here, you went straight from, from live national TV in front of, you know, how many thousands or millions of viewers on MLB network to, to the Helmet Sunday Hall of Fame here in my basement. So I, I appreciate you being here. And you were the first person I thought of when I thought of minor league baseball road trips, obviously, because you are the person who has probably done the most minor league baseball road tripping of anyone. So I'll, I'll just ask you, you've been to 182 stadiums. You must get asked all of the time, which one's your favorite? I'm not going to ask you which one's your favorite, but I will ask you that I guess the very most important thing about the baseball road trip, how do you go about planning a baseball road trip? Well, that is something that has definitely uh, changed over the years. Um, you know, for me, my ballpark travel started in 2010. Um, I'd become full-time uh, writing for MILB.com in 2009. So in the beginning, it was like, whoa, I'm getting to do this. I just got to do it. I got to figure out a way to do it as cheaply as possible and as much as possible. And at that time, you know, I, I grew up in the Philadelphia area. I live in New York City. So at that time, outside of uh, a handful of you know, regional ballparks, I hadn't really been anywhere. So in the early days, it was just like, it doesn't matter. Let's go somewhere. And then my early road trips for many years were just, if I was hitting a region of the country, it was just like, how much can I pack in? And, um, you know, the cliche with uh, so many general managers or whoever I would talk to was like, you know, should have been here yesterday or can't believe you're not here Saturday because I was just rolling through on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, because my thought was there's so many ballparks to get to. Um, I don't know how to do this coherently, so I'm just going to try to pack in as much as I can. And as you know, and anyone who uh, devises road trip schedules knows, it can be a maddening experience because you just look at this itinerary in a certain region and see all these teams you want to hit, but then the home and away and game times, and then you're circling back or skipping one. And, you know, then for me kind of doing this more public facing, you know, be like, how are you missing this ballpark? And it's like, do you think I wanted to, they're not home. They're home. They're gone for 10 days. I don't know what else to do. Yeah. Um, so it's a maddening thing. Um, these days I'm a little more uh, focused. I try to stay at the ballparks a little longer. I'm traveling a little less as a result of, I guess, one, you know, uh, having been to so many already. And, you know, I, my son, Harry was born last February. So he's coming up on one year old. So those uh, more manic type trips I'm not doing anymore. So now it's saying like, well, where haven't I been? Or is there a really special reason to get somewhere and do it that way? But really for years, it was just kind of picking an area I hadn't been trying to get as much as I done as I could. Sometimes there were things around um, 
you know, my timing for a certain promotion or something, but for the most part, not even, it was just trying to get out there. And that was a big part of like the stories I tried to tell is even though teams might not like it, if I'm there on a Monday night, to me, I learned so much more, I think, seeing teams on off nights and the energy they brought to those nights, because to me, that's, I think, really indicative is, you know, it's your show regardless. And the ones who put on a great show, whether there's 400 people in the ballpark or 4,000 or 10,000, um, I just think that speaks so much to a front office culture. And I felt in a way privileged to be part of a lot of off nights where things get a little weird, but there's still a great energy. How much of a factor when you're putting together a road trip how much of a factor is the brand itself? If a team has a really cool new logo, something like that, is that does that play into, I have to get there because that makes it seem like it's going to be somehow a better experience? It certainly increases it. Um, I mean, I'd say the number one impetus for going to a new ballpark or to do going to a ballpark is that it's new that is often tied in with a branding. Cause you know, as you know, often in conjunction with a move to a new ballpark, a team rebrands. So sometimes you get, you know, you get both. Uh, so number one is it, if it's a ballpark I haven't been to and often that does tie in with a new identity in terms of just a new identity that might not be the top priority, but then if I'm hitting a region, it is certainly something I want to consider or, or prioritize. Like I, I went to Jacksonville just, um, you know, I went there for the first time in, I believe, 2015, but then I, I went just a couple years later because I was putting together a, a road trip in, in Florida and Alabama and uh, thought, oh, now they're the Jumbo Shrimp, now they're under new ownership, like, I want to go see what they're like now. You know, I know their pr promo director pretty well, David Ratz, he does great things. Um, so sometimes you think, like, wow, the experience I had at a certain ballpark might be totally different even two or three years later due to uh, a rebranding, uh, front office changes, ownership changes, et cetera. Do you do most of this travel by car? Um, well, I've always had a car. For the most part, um, you know, I would fly somewhere, rent a car, drive around for a week or 10 days, drop off the car and fly home. Um, sometimes I could do trips um, outside of, you know, living in New York City where I could rent a car and just do only a car trip. And actually, within the last, what, six, last season was the first time I had my own car. Um, you know, I'm in my 40s now and I finally have my own car. So it was kind of this <laughs> irony that I had built this job based around like road trips and, uh, you know, traveling America via the roads primarily. But um, as a result of living in New York City, uh, I went over t two decades without having a car. That's pretty incredible, actually. So, well, congratulations then on your newborn son and your first car. <laughs> yeah, I'm finally growing up. <laughs> uh, I'm resisting still. I'm resisting all that. So as you're driving around for a week to 10 days in a place, what if we're giving advice to people planning road trips here, you, the the undisputed expert on this subject, what do you recommend for people that they have in their car? Hmm. I mean, I think there's not too much you really need. I mean, always have a good supply of water. And, um, you know, for me, I think it's it's important to, you know, have kind of a plan of what, what you're listening to. That's um, always something I've really enjoyed. I'm kind of old school physical media guy. Um, so I would always bring my book, my CD booklet um, every year and uh, every trip and uh, often have three CDs that were new or new to me that were would kind of get like, break in you know i would break in the album and listen to it several times in the car and that was like a great tradition um you know radio is um 
more homogenous now than ever, but I do like exploring the dial, especially at the bottom end of the dial with some of the non-commercial stuff, college stuff, um, you know, often quite strange religious programming, what have you. I do like being in a place and like, what am I listening to right now? So I do think tied into trying to do whatever you can to, um, you know, engage with the area and learn new things. Um, a lot of it is in what you listen to on the radio and also these might not things you need to bring with you, but I'd say, of course, you need to stop and get gas, but, you know, always be on the lookout for regional snacks at uh, gas stations. I think it's a huge part of it. I've gotten an inordinate amount of joy, just like, oh, this is the brand of potato chips around this area, or wow, like I'm in this part of the country and, you know, there's in the South, you know, wow, they have like a slow cooker filled with boiled peanuts at every gas station. Like, heck yeah, right. I'm going to do that. Um, you know, lots of men, you know, in the Northeast, pork rinds are just kind of light, fluffy, you know, bag of pork rinds that, uh, you know, aren't, aren't too big sellers, I don't think, but man, other parts of the country, there's pork cracklings and different types. And uh, you just like that and sweet tea and boiled peanuts. It's, it's a whole new ball game. Boiled peanuts. Uh, I discovered on a road trip, actually in North Carolina on a roadside stand. And uh, I hope I don't lose any listeners over this, but I found them really repellent, actually. Like, I really found them Well, they, they definitely, I love them, uh, but they definitely seem to provoke that reaction, a love-hate thing. There doesn't seem to be much middle ground. I think, I mean, you can speak to this, uh, why you don't like them, but the people who don't like them, I think just the texture of a peanut being soft and squishy is something they can't get over. But I love that kind of spicy, salty Cajun seasoning and... Uh, you know, you can crack open a boiled, boiled peanut, but sometimes you, I get lazy and I just start eating them with the shells because it's also soft. It's probably not the best thing for you. It was, uh, yeah, that, you know, my, my experience was, like I said, a roadside stand and they were selling them in little like sandwich size Ziploc bags and they were not really seasoned at all. So it was, uh, you know, maybe I should give them a second chance some like 20 years later here, but that, that one experience was, was not great. You, you know, you mentioned the gas station food. There's been sort of a, you know, never-ending debate of uh, you and I are both Philadelphia guys. Obviously, I'm my my preference is for Wawa. I know there are people out there who prefer Sheets, but what I am learning now on these Twitter debates about you know Wawa versus Sheets is all of the other places around the country, right? Like Bucky's, I guess, in uh, in the South and Texas in particular. And so there's apparently like a whole culture of gas station food out there that I didn't realize existed. One hundred percent. But Wawa and Sheets are I think two of the biggest players, maybe not nationally, but in terms of the um, intensity of opinion that 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 uh, loyalty to one or the other of those Pennsylvania institutions provokes. <laughs> Speaking of, of things that you and I share, you and I share an affinity for, I think, uh, next year's Super Bowl halftime performer, Weird Al Yankovic. I may be wrong on the Super Bowl <laughs> thing, but we share an affinity for for Weird Al Yankovic. And I know you've taken some long road trips, and so clearly you must be expert at putting together playlists now. So what are some Weird Al songs that, are, that have to be on, on every long road trip playlist? Well, there's one that comes to mind immediately. I mean, obviously, as a fan, you know this, but you know, I, I'm always struck by talk, you know, almost everyone knows who Weird Al is. But often when you talk to people about Weird Al and you mention that roughly half of Every, of the songs on every single album are originals people mm -hmm. are like wait what he, he does original songs right and uh, his upcoming tour as well as a tour he did three years ago um was dedicated to um all original songs and that for me was a dream come true and i i think as much as the parodies are great there's just more staying power with a lot of the original songs and if you're talking weird al and road trips 
truly one of my favorite songs of all time is, and it ties so much into the joys of uh, road trips is Biggest Ball of Twine in Minnesota on the UHF soundtrack. You know, it's about a man, you know, working class guy who's taking his family on vacation. And, you know, he says, kids, if there's any place in this great big world, where would you like to go to? They said, dad, they want to see the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. I can't even I, say without singing I, it. I almost started singing along with you there. I was this close to singing along with you because it's on the UHF soundtrack, but not actually in the movie UHF because I heard the soundtrack before I saw the movie. And then I watched the movie waiting for that song. And, you know, if a listener out there has other information on this, but I think there are songs on that soundtrack that didn't actually appear in the movie. And I think that that's one of them. I believe so. I definitely think yeah. that is one of them. It's definitely my favorite song on the soundtrack, even if it's not in the movie. Right. Although uh, on the other end of the spectrum, you know, I want to be your hog. That's just like 25 <laughs> seconds of chaotic, more punk rock energy. Yeah. Well, and if you're going to see an isotopes game, you have to listen to Albuquerque. Of course, that's it. another classic, classic Weird Al original. And uh, yeah, one that has a huge cult following. If you have not heard Albuquerque by Weird Al Yankovic, it's 11 minutes basically spoken word, an absurdist journey uh, into the heart of the twisted American psyche. And it, it speaks so much to well, one of the things that I have accomplished through covering minor league baseball for sportslogos.net is learning how to spell Albuquerque. And, yeah. and, and in that song, he has a very funny shtick where he, you know, he starts doing the sort of call and response thing where he's actually spelling Albuquerque and A, L, B, U. And then there's a long pause. And then he just says, Kirky. Yeah. <laughs> so. that, that is a tough one. I can spell Albuquerque right almost every time now. But you know what? Cincinnati. Jeez. Right. Right. The number of N's and the number of T's trips me up every single time. Every Absolutely. time I just guess. Sometimes, you know, I don't see the little, uh, <laughs> uh, I don't see the word get underlined after I've written it on the first try. And I'm just yep. like, nailed it. But that does not carry over. Cincinnati is difficult. Well, thankfully, they don't have a minor league team there, so we don't, we don't have to worry too much about that. At least that. we have that going for us. Thank God. <laughs> um, so on, your, on these road trips that you've taken, uh, you know, I think that part of the experience is not just the baseball games, which we all know. The, I mean, they're, they're the main reason for the road trips that any, any travel that I do these days is, uh, you know, baseball related for the most part. But when you're planning these road trips, are there things, are there most memorable experiences? Are there places that you like to visit that are actually, you know, outside the sport of baseball? What are some memorable non-baseball experiences you've had on baseball road trips? Yeah, I mean, this comes with the caveat for me, which is one of the greatest frustrations of the way I've undertaken my road trips. And this is no complaint, it's just a reality, is that I haven't had nearly as much non-work-related exploring time as I'd like because um, you know, when I go to a game and then I'm like working in the hotel room afterwards, usually up really late, sleep in a little bit, uh, might have a checkout time at 11 or 12 the next day, have something I would need to write or need to file. And then this amount of time to the next ballpark, there's been way too many places where I felt like I didn't get a good enough sense. Um, but certainly there have been places that I've had uh, great times or had, you know, time to really explore. Like when I did the uh, Appalachian League, the entirety of the Appy League in 2016, the, I believe it's the, is it the Western division, but all the teams in one of the divisions are within roughly an hour of one another. So I was able to stay in Johnson city for the entirety of, you know, that entire visiting every team in the division. So just becoming familiar with a town like that and the things to do outdoors and the uh, local businesses and going to the record store, I like kind of settling into a place like that and learning a about a place like that. And sometimes because the nature of a road trip is getting from one place to the other, 
a lot of time my favorite memories are things I've seen on the way. Um, you know, you know Colorado geography better than I do, and I forget the roads. But in 2018, the last two ballparks I had to go to to finally have you know been everywhere, been everywhere, was uh, Colorado Springs and Grand Junction. And so I was I drove from Colorado Springs to Grand Junction with this sense of kind of excitement and triumph and career milestone. And then the drive there was just unbelievably gorgeous the whole way, and uh, it just felt like a really exciting time where I was going to my last one on my list and this beautiful drive through Colorado. Similarly, um, you know, Nevada between Reno and Vegas is just, once you get out of the urban areas, it's just wide open space, wide open roads, interesting, you know, desert landscapes, but then there's mountains, and scrubland and, you know, weird little rest stops with critters crawling all over the place. And then you hit these little towns you know, you're going like 75, 80 miles an hour with no cars on the road. Then you slow all the way down to 30 miles an hour and go through this little <laughs> town with goofy tourist attractions, including the Clown Motel. And I just feel like next time I'm in that area, I need to spend the night at the Clown Motel. You know, <laughs> that sounds terrifying, to be honest. I have done that drive that you're talking about from Colorado Springs to to Grand Junction. And if you yeah, if you avoid the the interstates and take the sort of the side highways, it's yeah, it's this spectacular, just incredible vistas. And and I had a similar experience last year uh, driving through Montana to see some Pioneer League games. Oh, yeah. The Pioneer League is unbelievable. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was incredible. And so, yeah. So the driving itself is is a huge part of that for sure. And so, uh, well, I want to be respectful of your time. I, I did want to just ask you about, and I'll get you out of here on this. The you mentioned the Ben everywhere when a few years ago you reached your milestone of seeing every affiliated minor league ballpark, which at that time was 159 because there were two teams that shared one out of the 160. There are fewer ballparks now, but there's obviously going to always be new ones. Are there milestones? Since then, besides checking off whichever new ones come along in a year, are there milestones since you hit that 159th ballpark that, that you're trying to achieve? Um, not so much like a, a more career defining milestone such as that one was. I mean, a lot of it just trying to keep that up, being the guy who's been everywhere. And um, in 2019, I went to the new parks that were on the scene. And then even though there was less ballparks, you know, no season at all in 2020 and then less ballparks in 2021 due to the reorganization of minor league baseball, there was also six new ballparks that opened last year, as well as three ballparks um, that were previously in the independent leagues that were now affiliated. So to me, it was this kind of irony of um, less teams, but as more new places as there had ever been in the affiliated scene. So I didn't get to all of those last year and I still have Beloit and Sugarland and St. Paul and Wichita on my list. So yeah, this isn't very exciting, but you know, I think once you kind of hit something that for me was not something I ever really dreamed of when I first started traveling, it probably took me five or six years to realize like, oh, I could actually do this. Um, you know, my job is one that I didn't really have precedent and was kind of making it up as I went along. And it all seemed like I'm just going to keep riding this as long as I can. And um, it's been a kind of scrappy and uh, strange endeavor. So to accomplish that, it was like, whoa, I really did it. And I would like something similar now uh, in my career to shoot for. But right now, in a transitional time, personally and professionally, I'm just trying to like stay uh stay on top of what what's going on and uh, find new ways to do the kind of coverage I do. And uh, yeah, just keep this thing going. 
Well, it's, I mean, it's been a pleasure following you on Twitter and, and getting to have a few conversations with you over the years. And your, your pinned tweet is, is a conversation with Bill Murray that you had, which is really fun. So I would encourage everyone to go check out your Twitter account if they don't already. That Twitter account is at Ben's Biz and Biz is with a Z on the end. Is there anywhere else where, uh, where people should follow you online? Well, a lot of my material is uh, currently compiled at milb.com slash fans slash Ben's Biz is kind of a good landing page for a lot of what I do. And uh, a big focus right now is we're working on this uh, minor league ballpark guide project where myself um, and several of my coworkers, an increasing amount of coworkers, um, but Tyler Mon and Josh Jackson um, contributing quite a bit as well. Um, we're writing you know, a ballpark guide, a road trip style ballpark guide for every single minor league team. So that's a big project. And um, the plan with that is we get more and more of them together, you know, is to create a standalone page with, you know, maps and ticketing links, and then, you know, links to separate write-ups of every guide, and to really hopefully serve as a resource for people to uh, put together their own trips and, uh, you know, get some advice regarding, you know, things to do in the area in addition to the ballpark itself. And uh, yeah, we hope it inspires people to, to, to get out there and uh, see as much minor league baseball as they can. And as much as, you know, there's obviously some drawbacks to be there, there being less teams, it, it does make it a little more coherent now to explore the landscape with longer affiliations and uh, a greater emphasis on proximity uh, within teams in the same major league organization. So it can be a little easier to, you know, set little goals for road trips in terms of, um, you know, what you're trying to do or how you want to contextualize it. Uh, well, that certainly is appropriate to to this episode, right? The ballpark guides, which I have been following and checking out, and you've covered a, a couple of the teams that we're going to hit on our baseball palooza trip this year in the middle of the country. So, uh, absolutely, that's a really valuable resource. So, I would definitely encourage everyone to go check that out. And Ben, thank you so much for jumping straight from the MLB Network to uh, to come chat with me about this. And when this drops on April five. Uh, I, I will wish you in advance at the time of this recording in advance, happy opening day for, for AAA season. Uh, and the rest of the uh, affiliated levels are coming here in a couple of days on the eighth. So uh, really looking forward to minor league baseball season and following you throughout. And uh, it's been a joy getting to know you and, and thanks for coming on the podcast. Oh, my pleasure. Great to speak with you and get to know you as well. And I really appreciate you and, you know who they are like well everyone who loves minor league baseball but there's uh it's been great especially via twitter to see a community of people uh come together um through a shared love of minor league baseball and road trips and um you know i don't want to sound condescending but sometimes i feel proud when i see people interacting and uh and uh feeling like i can play a role in helping connect people who, who love exploring america through minor league baseball and i know what you're doing with this podcast and uh your book and um, just the energy you bring to uh, minor league baseball is, is a really great thing as well. And we need, we need as much of it as we can get. Well, I, I appreciate that. And you are, you are the, the godfather of this minor league baseball community, right? Like you, you and, and Tyler Mon and Josh Jackson. And, you know, love, I love the podcast that uh, minor league baseball puts out with you guys. And so that's been, that's been fun to follow as well. And that's another thing, the show before the show, you're a regular contributor to that. And so people should check out that podcast as well. So Ben, thanks for all that you do for minor league baseball. And we'll uh, talk to you again soon. I hope. All right. Sounds great. I am so happy right now to have on for the very first time on the podcast, my good friend and the co-founder of baseball Palooza, Jeremy soul, Jeremy and I gave birth 
to the whole notion of the baseball palooza road trip. Jeremy, would you like to explain what the baseball palooza road trip is? What can we say, Paul, other than that we built something amazing? We did build something amazing. Something that no one has ever done, ever, (laughs) which is to tour multiple minor league ballparks. I don't think that's ever been done before or since, except by us. Don't, Don't add us, everybody. So, well, maybe it's true that it's never been done in a Prius in inland California. Maybe that. So baseball blues at its very core is a fair amount of driving four baseball games, almost always at four different minor league baseball stadiums. One time we went and saw a Chicago Cubs game because we were by Wrigley field and we had some guys in the group who hadn't been to Wrigley. And so we needed to do that, but four games, four days, fly in on a Thursday, fly out on the Sunday, get as much baseball and driving and craft breweries and in the case of our 2014 california trip in an outburger and one meal at a basque restaurant in bakersfield california but absolutely (laughs) just to run through this this itinerary we we i flew in on a thursday we sat in traffic in los angeles for a little bit as one is wants to do we went to lake elsinore for a game the very first ever baseball palooza game was in lake elsinore then we drove up to bakersfield And then we came back down to Rancho Cucamonga to see the quakes. And then uh, off to San Bernardino, past the Traffic Cone TP Hotel to see the Inland Empire 66ers. So four games, four days, a lot of talking. It never occurred to us that other people might want to do this uh, as well. And then, you know, we put it on Facebook and, you know, the guys were like, hey, what the hell? Like, we want to, how come we weren't included in this? So in that time... Baseball Palooza has become an institution. I mean, okay. really, the, the conceit of this whole thing was that we looked at each other and thought, why weren't we doing this? Right. And I, th- I think for a large part for the crew, and I think this has resonated every time I post anything about Baseball Palooza annually, it's, I wish I could do that. And it was just, you know, we're just, we're, we're two, you know, simple dudes some, some question how we get through a day, but we did manage to put together this trip. Right. But I, I think that you're, I think you're correct to say that I, I think we spurred some jealousy with the crew in that everyone was immediately asking, why are we not doing this? Right. And I think that that every time I post it, it's, it's, it's the same kind of thing, as I said, like everyone really wants to do something like that, that is communal, that kind of services the community, you know, you say talk about this quite a bit, but minor league baseball commits to its own communities in a way that honestly, I don't think any other pro sport in America really does. And for that reason, I think we've had these, we're we're so lucky to have these limitless options, not limitless, but a lot of options by region to be able to see different parts of the country, to be able to see different communities And how they support their team and the wacky mascots and antics that follow in terms of what kind of crazy promotions they do. You know, what are the surrounding areas like? And we've seen a lot and and we're not, we're not even remotely done is, is the thing. There's, I mean, one of the hardest things to do every year is to decide which part of the country to go to next. And like, I always, I always put these maps up on Twitter and, and I'm, you know, I'll have four teams on there and I'm like, okay, this looks like the itinerary. And there's always the, you know, a thousand comments, but you know, this like, well, if you drove seven hours West, you could also see these guys. And it's like, yeah, 
we could spend the entire summer on the road watching baseball. And I wish we could, honestly, I wish we yes. could. Yes. You know, you mentioned the four games in four days, uh, which, you know, obviously is something that is a, is an accomplishment that I always enjoy, but we did in 2015, we did four games in four States in four days. We saw the New Hampshire Fisher cats, the Vermont Lake monsters, yep. the Portland sea dogs, and then the Lowell spinners. And so that was pretty good. That was four different States right there in four days. I have to say, we, I mean, we've seen some beautiful ballparks. We, uh, you know, the, the ones that sort of stick out in my mind. I mean, just last year, we, uh, Oklahoma city was a particularly nice ballpark. Yeah. Uh, Wichita wind surge was a really nice ballpark as well. Last year. What else? We, uh, 2019, uh, the Nashville sounds was a great ballpark. The Bowling green hot rods was a great ballpark. Perhaps my favorite minor league baseball ballpark ever is in 2017 i think it was when we went and saw the Durham bulls like that was just i mean what that was experience. special some do stand out just for context and and some for history but yeah every night or every day that we get in a car or the van um sometimes sometimes it smells okay sometimes it doesn't that's just a part of the deal but as we're <laughs> as we're trafficking hours sometimes within the region to see a new park yeah. i always know that at the end of that night, we'll have seen a baseball game. You can't go wrong. And we've done a lot. We've done a tug of war on the field. We, uh, we've had people participate in various promotions before. I got booed off the field after uh, getting some 80s karaoke horribly, horribly wrong. Worth it. So We're to totally worth it. Knock on wood, we've never had a rain out. Uh, we came close one time with the Cedar Rapids Colonels. Did. There, there was another time we drove through a pretty fierce storm to get to the Portland Sea Dogs. That would have been between Vermont and Portland. And by the way, whenever I do this, everyone asks me, well, first of all, they think it's the coolest thing in the world. Right. Whether they like baseball or not. It's yeah. just like it's it's just such immense bonding for the guys and also just I, I wouldn't be going to all these corners of the country, I don't think. If it weren't for for our baseball palooza dates, I don't I think I don't think I'd have ever gone bowling in Pinedale, Arkansas, were it not for baseball palooza. So that's for sure. Maine was my fiftieth state, and I hit it because we were you know on baseball palooza, right? Like to your point, we've seen a lot of a lot of places. I mean, we 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 drove around. I also. Tennessee, right? Like I had hardly spent any time at all in Tennessee. And then we got to spend some time in Nashville and that's a super cool place, right? Like, so yeah, that was great. That was yeah. really great. Wow. So this year, uh, I think, I think it's okay to talk about this now because you know, I, I, it's something I'm going to be building excitement for as the year progresses. We are looking forward to baseball Palooza 2022 pandemic willing. We're looking at the Louisville bats the Columbus Clippers, the Fort Wayne Tin Caps, which is a, a ballpark that I just hear amazing things about. Like people just, whenever I put on Twitter, what's your favorite ballpark? That one gets a ton of love. Wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Fort Wayne Tin Caps. And then the Indianapolis Indians. Baseball Palooza in uh, the sort of Louisville-centric area in 2022 is something to look forward to here. I have seen a bats game, as you know, um, and I really enjoyed it, but it was years ago. And now I'm curious to see how that might look, you know, more than 10 years later. Right. Especially that. with all this perspective you've, you've garnered over the, the last seven years of baseball paloozas. 
And let's talk about bats. We're talking about double meaning up the wazoo here. You know, right? it's the home of Louisville Slugger. We're definitely going to hit that museum. It's Absolutely. been there three times. It's phenomenal. Museum's we also great. have the mascot, which is a flying, the only flying mammal. And then we we also have uh, bats that the Louisville players will be holding. So they are bats, but they will be using bats. It's amazing. It's like a triple, quadruple entendre there. You were there then. You were there back in the old purple logo days. I was. I know. I missed I that was. purple logo. Speaking about baseball by design, yeah. And that, that was a really cool look. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. at the time, I guess other than the Rockies and at some point, you know, the Diamondbacks, because they don't seem to have a consistent color palette. But I will check out like old photos of the bats. And I didn't ever see too, too much purple. Right. You know? So it was really cool to see that, that look. And they yeah. had a really cool logo. I used to put together a minor league baseball color wheel where I would use, I would assemble all of the logos for minor league baseball into a color wheel. And there was always like three purple teams. It was like the New Orleans baby cakes, the Grand Junction Rockies and the Louisville bats. Like there was, you know, there were hardly that many teams where I could put in this sort of little purple wedge there, which was of course, as we all know from our color wheels, right between red and blue. So plenty of red and blue to uh, sandwich the purple there. So how, how many red teams were there? It must've been 85% of your color. Wheel. <laughs> the, the, the red and the blue took up a lot and minor league baseball, the green takes up a fair amount too. There's a, there's ah. a good number of green baseball teams in minor league baseball. So the exposure to all of like everything that you talk about on baseball by design, I mean, we, we get to see over time, kind of a park at a time you know and right. get to kind of critique the look and you know what and, and uh, what kind of like branding and design is to the stadium and how closely do they follow it and it, all these things are really fun to come to life as we go right and it's kind of fun that it unfolds for someone like i am not a designer so i get to see this unfold before my eyes like and also watch a baseball game at the same time but it always it always happens kind of four games at a time you know every year I'll ask you, do you have any logos that you've seen? Are there any like brands that, uh, that you remember from our various trips that stand out to you? This is gonna, this is gonna sound probably pretty, pretty dorky, but I, I had just been so close to being able to see the sea dogs for so long and to actually go and, and see that on hats and, and in the stadium that that meant a lot to me because that that at the time also was my oldest my oldest cap yeah so when i got that i remember you calling it out saying that was one of your favorite minor league logos mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. you know nowadays like i think that you can kind of throw a rock and and hit an animal brandishing a bat in a threatening way but uh like that at the time was the coolest thing and i i got to explain the portland sea dogs to many people that that's one that stands out to me as really cool and i gotta say other ones surprised me like i, I did not think that i was going to end up getting you know a shirt in, in wichita right right but i love that logo yeah um and i i love that shirt and so yeah. Some of them kind of jump out and surprise you. Some are iconic, of course, like sure. but but others like have really kind of leapt out to surprise me. Alex, who you mentioned, my girlfriend loves bears. We're out here in California. She's from the valley, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. she loves her smoky shirt. You know, yes. <laughs> but you, you know, I mean, you mentioned the Wichita Wind Surge. I actually told Todd Radom, who designed that logo, 
and he also designed the Brooklyn Cyclones logo. Um, I told Todd, I said, you know, a lot of guys weren't familiar with the logo and we got to the ballpark. And first of all, it's a beautiful ballpark and it's got a beautiful team store, but I was in the same situation, right? Like it's, it doesn't have a lot of sort of emotional equity for minor league baseball fans just by virtue of being so new and right. And none of us really had any sort of connection to the place of Wichita. Right. So I think the guys on the trip were sort of like, okay, this is a great ballpark and it's going to be a fun, you know, nice place to see a game and certainly looking forward to that. But I think, I think everyone on that trip was sort of surprised themselves by walking into the team store. And I'm pretty sure that nearly everybody on the trip bought something in that team store. That's, that's a great thing about a good minor league baseball logo. I want to, I wanted to say one thing about the Cyclones. I had forgotten the connection there between, you know, that design link and, this is funny, but you know, I, I lived in in uh, in New York for twelve years, and most of them in Brooklyn. And oddly, I've been to more Cyclones games than any other minor league team. Hmm. They were kind of birthed while I was while I was there. And talk about the power of a community around minor league baseball. You wouldn't necessarily think that that kind of thing would spring up around the five boroughs, but when we would go to games, you just, you know, you take like the F and D to the end of, you know, you go to Coney Island and go to the games and I wasn't too far in Park Slope. And I would talk to many, uh, many people who they had sworn off of baseball when the Dodgers left and they were not going to become Mets fans. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. they certainly were not Yankees fans. You're right. And so over time, they, gradually started going to Cyclones games because they felt like baseball was back in Brooklyn and that meant something to them. So it's, it's kind of crazy, but like, that's kind of the power that, that I saw when I, when I was going to those games, certainly the backdrop too, with the parachute drops and the coaster was just laying the beach was just phenomenal and Nathan's and all that. But yeah. again, when I would run into people who just wanted to go, they walk down the street and they just go see a game some of them, like many were octogenarians and they were so happy to be able to go see baseball again in Brooklyn and not betray anything. Um, right. So that was kind of a cool memory I have. Before I started writing about minor league baseball and, and studying minor league baseball, the logo I identified just purely on this just speaks to me because it's an awesome logo as my favorite minor league baseball logo was the Brooklyn Cyclones. I just absolutely love that logo. Still to this day, I love that logo and nothing has changed on that. I mean, that's, you know, I'm, the only thing that's changed is that I very rarely will say this is my favorite because it's like there's too many and I so like many. them all for different yep. reasons. Right. But Brooklyn Cyclones is a is a fantastic logo. One of my favorite logos. The other question I was going to ask you, though, you know, one of my favorite things about Baseball Palooza is planning the road trip. You know, it's like, I mean, literally months, sometimes even as soon as the most recent one has ended. I've got the Google Doc up and running. I've got lists of potential itineraries. I sit there. I have Google Alerts set for when teams unveil their schedules so that I can see like which, which itinerary is going to work. So you know that I love the sort of planning stage of things. You are kind of like Ming Ming and Elf in that as soon as Christmas is over on December 26th, you are mapping out the next year's trip. So Absolutely. <laughs> We've talked about the camaraderie, right? These guys who have been friends for 25 years. Uh, the first time you and I met was on a road trip that involved three Major League Baseball games. Uh, 
where we left Atlantic City at one o'clock in the morning from a bachelor party, drove literally across the country nonstop, four guys to Phoenix, Arizona to see a Diamondbacks game. From there, we went to the Grand Canyon, the Grand Canyon to Vegas, Vegas to Zion National Park. I was still living on the East Coast at that time from Zion National Park to Denver for my first ever experience at Coors Field. And this was June of 2000. And then on the way back from uh, all the way back to the East Coast, we stopped in Cincinnati to see a Reds game at not the Great American Ballpark, but the old like riverfront, I guess. So I guess what I would ask, what are the things about the road trip that appeal to you outside of just going to a baseball game? The drive itself will always like between stadiums or when we went cross country, that's such a great memory you bring up. Um, and I feel like that that space between there's something about driving and having a group on a road trip. That's different from getting on a plane and just putting on like this is dramatic, but you're just like, Oh, put on my sleep mask. And I'm just going to like put on my ear AirPods and just <laughs> be dead to the world for a few hours. Right. The opposite is true when you're in the van and it's really all about catching up, connecting, if there's any lull in a conversation, some people might be asleep because it might be their turn to drive next, but just as often they're thinking of the next like great trivia question that right. will, that the people will think off the top of their head about baseball, the top of their head about baseball and just post to the van and people will be challenged obviously without their phones to try to come up with the answers. And those kind of little things are some of the coolest things I think between stops. I, I never mind when we've got a, a longer stretch between the parks because I get those moments with you guys and I also get to see a part of the country I've never seen. I mean, even this might sound dumb because I, I can't tell you how many times I've seen Field of Dreams, but when we were going through Iowa, there really is a lot of corn. I mean, mm -hmm. I really would never have guessed right. just how much, but it's, it's really beautiful, you know, and just those moments that you see part of the country you just yeah. otherwise wouldn't are so cool. We saw all that corn on the way to a Cedar Rapids Colonels game. So Another great logo. Another, another great, great logo, logo, Paul. Designed by Dan Simon, who has done so many great, great logos. To me, if minor league baseball is about communities, which everything about minor league baseball is about communities, the, the significance of the brands always reflects the, something about the community the place that the team has in the community, right? Like it's always in, in a way that major league teams are not, it's always a part of its community, right? Like it's always, they're, they're accessible and they're, you know, they're always connected to local institutions in ways that I think the major league clubs are not, but for us on the road trip, right? Like whether it's the two of us in 2014 or, you know, the 12 of us that I'm hoping it's going to be in 2022 pandemic willing, you know, it, that community just inside the van, right? Like, I mean, you said that, you know, when you post about this on Facebook or whatever, and people are like, oh, that's so cool that you do that. One of the things I hear all the time is like the fact that we're still friends with guys who we've been friends with for 25 years and it's baseball. That's the mechanism. That's the framework for, for those friendships. And that, you know, we've done other things, right? Like we've had, you know, obviously weddings and lots of trips to Vegas and, and, you know, other, other ways that we've gotten together, but this minor league baseball road trip is, is something that has kept this group of friends together in person, 
you know, we always have the fantasy baseball and the text thread and everything where we're sort of communicating with each other. That's let's be honest, mostly mom jokes. Right. So this, uh, (laughs) there've been a few, (laughs) but this baseball road trip, right. Like is just, is something where we get to experience the community of each other and also the communities of the places where we visit. Absolutely. So we have, we play a game. I don't know who introduced this game to us, but it's an amazing game that garners a lot of attention from folks around us. This gang, you know, the guys like to sort of gamble a little bit, but you know, this is, this is some pretty low stakes gambling, but it makes, it makes for huge entertainment in these uh, ball games where we use a random number generator in the van on the way to the ballpark. And we assign each person in the van, a slot in the home team lineup and the visiting teams lineup. And basically when your slot in the lineup comes up, if your guy gets a hit, if he gets a single, you get $1 from everyone else in the group. If he gets a double, you get $2, triple $3, home run $4. So what this amounts to is a lot of random cheering from us, a lot of standing up, handing dollar bills around. And I mean, we have like the most G rated group in the world, right? Like, so our, you know, like we're, we're always like investing in a bunch of singles, right? We got to have single dollar bills and people are like, Oh, of course you do a bunch of guys in a van. It's like, no, no, no. It's so that we can pay each other every time someone gets a hit at a minor league baseball game. <laughs> yeah. We we've, we've disappointed many a cashier <laughs> with, the, <laughs> with the actual reasoning to get $50 in signals. So we've had, you know, we've, we've had some, some great sort of heroic moments late in games. We've had meaningless home runs in the ninth inning of blowout games where we're erupting in cheers because it, or, or booze or whatever, because it meant, you know, the exchange of a certain amount of money. Yeah. We, we, we get a lot of mileage out of, out of our, our low stakes betting game. And it's, you're right. It certainly draws the attention of pretty much like every family all around us. You know, we got mothers covering the eyes of young children, <laughs> like thinking something more nefarious than is actually going on is going on, but it actually does lead to more like late game heroics and redemption yes. stories yeah. than you would think. Well, in one of them, the Vermont Lake monsters, Chris Eriart, hit a walk-off home run that netted me like $24 and the Vermont Lake Monsters, a four to three walk-off win. So that and, was- And a fantasy team name. And the fantasy team name was uh, the Chris Eriart walk-off for many years. The other thing that happened, we went and saw an Asheville tourist game and it was like, it was like 12 to seven after two innings. Like there was a ridiculous number of hits. And so the money was just flying all over the place. And- <laughs> The thing is, there's always one guy in that situation who has zero dollars, right? Golden like sombrero, some... yeah. Right. Five, five strike. <laughs> yeah, you could have 12 runs in, in two innings and somehow your guy didn't get a hit in any you know, of the three times through the lineup. So, Jeremy, as we start to wrap up here, do you have any final thoughts uh, about road trips in general and or baseball palooza? There's two things I'll say. The first is that anyone can do this. You know, these are the kinds of trips that I think people think of that are cool or put off. Like, this is the trip Mm -hmm. that's like the Mm -hmm. can that gets kicked down the road, right? Right. You've got other priorities, but life is freaking short. And honestly, this is one of the things I look forward to most every year. And I know that when a lot of our, our brethren had really legitimate reasons to not go on, you know, last years with, with so many unknowns and 
families to consider. And this is, you know, before kids could have vaccines, there was a lot out there that was really scary. And I know that to a person, they were just so bummed out that they yeah. couldn't, couldn't do this. So that's the first thing I'd say is that if you have ever had an idea to do something like this, put the word out with your friends and just do it. That's what we did yeah. you know, way back when. Yeah. And then the second thing I'd say is that I don't have kids. I never will. <laughs> but, but at the same time, I see some of these memories get built when we go. Like yeah. you'll see kids be handed a foul ball. By me. By, by, by you, Paul, you're a hero. Let's be honest. I am the hero who hands hero foul balls to foul kids. Balls. But to my credit, I have not knocked over a single kid to try to get a foul ball on my That's own. That's really so. good. It's really um, good. So I'm making progress. You're but a hero. I do, I do see these built, you know, boys and girls are going to these games and they'll get handed that ball or get tossed a foul ball from a player running off the field. They're never going to forget that. Like that, that's a part of community too, that, that these teams build and why, you know, contraction is just so heartbreaking to see because we've gone to so many now, like we've seen what it means, you know, yeah. and we do know that like the polar opposite of bankrupting yourself to, take your kids to go see, you know, some NFL games, like you can go to a minor league game on a Thursday night and you know, you're having great seats anywhere in the park for six bucks and you're just watching a baseball game. And what's better than that? It's really true. It's a hundred percent true. And you, you hit the nail on the head and uh, these, these, these trips, like I said, these trips are about the community of your circle of friends, or maybe it's a family unit. Right. And, and then the, the teams themselves are, absolutely you know pinnacles of of community themselves and so um i you know one example that i keep pointing to is uh our bowling green hot rods who we saw their general manager eric leach is just like one of the all-time good guys and so kind and he he is uh, we've only ever had a general manager reach out and offer us free tickets for baseball palooza one time and it was eric who saw that we were coming to the game and uh you know i mean we we made it worth his while by, by spending a ton of money <laughs> in the, in the, in the gift store. But we always like, do though. I yeah. think, you know, that's true, but yeah, but we always do. Eric also sent just completely out of the blue. He just messaged me on Twitter and he was just like, Hey, I've got these leftover 2020 all-star game, Midwest league all-star game helmets that we're never going to use because 2020 was canceled. And I'm going to send you some, what's your address. But anyway, the, the Bowling Green hot rods, they, after the tornadoes hit in the Midwest this past fall, they reached out. They just put it out there to the world. They said, Hey, if there are any local businesses whose offices were destroyed and you need to use our suites as offices until you can get back on your feet, our ballpark is open to you. Wow. And I just thought, I mean, a, that's sort of vintage Bowling Green hot rods, which, you know, we saw and enjoyed, but also just vintage minor league baseball being part of their communities and being yeah. there to, to support the, the, the locals. So Jeremy, this has been so much fun. Thank you for joining me. And I look forward to having you back on either during baseball Palooza. That'll be something because you know, I'm going to do, you, you know, there's going to be some, some live recording in the van from baseball Palooza. Thank you for being the guy who co-founded this amazing thing, this Baseball Palooza road trip that we do every year. And thanks for coming and talking to me. I have loved this. I would do it 100 times out of 100. I, I thought this was just so much fun to revisit some of this stuff and more memories to be built, my friend. Oh, so many, so many. Jeremy, where can people follow you on, uh, on the Twitters or uh, wherever? I would say random things at Jeremy W. Soul uh, on Twitter. But uh, for the most part, you know, you can just see me becoming legend. 
in the back of the van with Mike Zimmer, not knowing what state we're in. Uh, Jeremy W. Soul, S-O-U-L-E. Jeremy has a lot to say on, on Twitter. Don't, don't let him fool you. But Jeremy, thank you very much. All right, man. I'll see you soon. Welcome back, everyone. What a thrill right now to be joined by by half of the duo uh, responsible for the very most indispensable tool for for baseball road trip planners. My friend Patrick Newt, who I had the the absolute pleasure to meet during my road trip with my children last year, went in through Montana, and Patrick and his business partner Corey Nissen joined us among many other friends at the Missoula Paddleheads doubleheader. I think it was July 2 of last year. We met for a a, right around the 4th. And, you know, little did I know when I started using the website that you and Corey produce, baseballmapper.com, which is essentially, you know, at its core, uh, a Google map that shows you where every professional and collegiate summer level baseball team out there plays. And so if you are going to an area, you you go to baseballmapper.com, you load up the map and you zoom in on the area where you're going to be, however large a swath you want to have. And it shows you every baseball team that you could possibly see there. And then you have links where you can go and check out the schedules and plot. It's the first, it's my first step and it should be everybody's first step. If you are planning a baseball road trip. So first of all, Patrick, thank you so much for being here. Any opportunity I get to hang out with you, Paul, is a blessing. I'm glad to be here, friend. Well, absolutely, right? And we have become friends on on Twitter and that one time in person because of baseball road trips and then obviously getting to know each other. And we had the pleasure of of collecting broken game-used bats that the equipment manager (laughs) for the Paddleheads was bringing us during that game, right? And so all these kids are- It helps to know a guy. We, right. we got to know a guy. I feel like we knew about six guys at that game. That was really very helpful. So before we talk about baseball mapper, let's just talk about that. You and, and Corey travel for baseball a lot. I mean, it's essentially what you do. So it, it was not entirely by happenstance, but it wasn't, you know, a hundred percent sure thing that we were going to meet in Missoula. How did you get to Montana last year such that we could hang out at a baseball game? All right. So it's funny you should mention because um, you played a role in us ending up in Montana. You know, an invite comes out from now our mutual uh, friend, Glenn Weger, Mm -hmm. who kind of wants to get together um, and assemble a collection of of baseball, social media personality slash uh, good guys. You know what? It just get some people together who are on Twitter, hanging out, having fun, talking baseball. And somehow we made the list. And I was, (laughs) I remember being like, this is cool. Like, you know, we got invited to go to Montana of all places. And I remember Corey telling me like, well, I mean, are we really going to go to Montana? I'm like, I don't know, man, it's so (laughs) far away. We're in the Chicagoland area. So we're looking at, you know, this is this is a plane ride at the very least into an area we've never been. We don't know much about. I don't know anything to do around Missoula. I don't know what kind of airport they have in Missoula. I don't know any of that. Um, but when all of a sudden people started kind of RSEPing and getting back to Glenn, Glenn seemed like a really nice guy. 
but I'm like, you know, I don't know if we can commit to it. And, you know, we got to also try to see if our friends want to kind of go on this trip too. Is what we do every year is get our friends together. Um, but then all of a sudden people started RSVPing. Eric, the peanut guy, RSVPs to go. And then you, Paul, you RSVP to go. And you're going to be able to take your kids on a trip out there. And you're going to hit Idaho and, and Great Falls. And I'm like, I think we got to go to Montana, man. I mean, everyone's <laughs> going to come to Montana. Let's go to Montana. And uh, it became a thing, man. We started looking into things to do. We put it out on Twitter. Like, what should we do when we're in Montana? A lot of people suggested we have uh, Rocky Mountain Oysters. That was oh, the yeah. number one. What are, what's the problem? What is, that is not what we wanted to sign up for. That wasn't what our, that was, why is that the best suggestion? I don't understand. Be, because listen, you're from, you know, you've already said you're from Chicago. I'm originally from the East Coast we do food where we're from, right? I live in Fort Collins, Colorado now. And I got to be honest, it's not, the food's not great here. It's not what we do, right? <laughs> we do good beer. We do mountains. We do, you know, there's a lot of things that we do out here. The food isn't one of them. And so when the best idea that, when you're like, what do I do for food? And the best idea that people come up with is you could fry up some bull testicles, like, that gives right. you an idea of, of what people are talking about out here in the in the mountain time zone. So, <laughs> I was we, nervous. I was nervous as to what yeah. to expect, but man, did it turn out to be a great trip. Well, so yes. So it's a beautiful, like I said, we do scenery, right? We've got the scenery out here. Mm -hmm. And we drove up there. Uh, you know, we, we hit the road at like six in the morning and we drove to Billings on our first day. We were there by like lunchtime, right? Like it, it was, you know, the seven hour drive. We just, you know, there's no traffic. You just blew right through everything incredible scenery so you don't have to stop to see the scenery right because it's right there while you're driving so so that's you know to me such a huge part of the baseball road trip right and so and and sure enough i got on baseballmapper.com to see you know okay who who plays up here i mean this is the old well still the pioneer league uh used to be you know short season low a ball now it's an independent mlb partner league Still great baseball, great stadiums, you know, great experience. I got to throw out the first pitch in Idaho Falls, which was an absolute joy for me. Super cool. So cool. I mean, those guys were so nice. And all of these teams, you reach out to them, you let them know that you're coming. And they're, you know, they're so welcoming and opening because, you know, they're just, you know, that's what minor league baseball is. It's all about the fan experience. So anyway, baseballmapper.com. I, I have to, you know, I just want to sing the praises of this and I want to find out how it started and, you know, what, what it is that you guys are doing, what you have down the line. So where did the idea for creating a website that was essentially just a free resource for people to use to find baseball uh, ballparks, where did that start? So it sounds like just based on the way you describe your situation with your friends in baseball Palooza, your role was a lot like Corey's role. He is a, a data scientist by day. So he is all about spreadsheets. He's all about putting together itineraries. Uh, finding different resources. And then I would help out a lot of times I would, uh, on some of our earlier trips, I'd be, uh, you know, tasked with collecting the tickets, right? If we're going to be out on the East Coast, and we're going to be able to do Philadelphia, and Pittsburgh in a weekend, um, I wanted to get us the best tickets we could get at PNC Park, you know, I wanted to, to find those things. So that's kind of, we kind of partner together for our friend group and kind of work on this. Well, over the time that we've been doing it, like, for example, when we did Georgia and we went to Atlanta, we we're like, well, let's see if we can fit in other baseball on that trip. And we did a lot of things. You know, there's a lot of historical sites to see, like Martin Luther King's historical site and mm -hmm. um, a lot to do in Atlanta. But we also 
went to uh, at the time was the Gwinnett Braves um, and kind of partnered that baseball. And we're like, okay, so like maybe we can start partnering more baseball on the trips. Well, you go to some places and you have a real hard time finding other baseball. And it wasn't until we were going to Houston, it was a Houston trip. Um, that we were looking for more baseball options and we came up with the Sugarland Skeeters, but they weren't in town. So we're like, man, it'd be great to find more baseball. And then we, after we're doing like, we're both doing searches on our phone. We're both looking feverishly on our phone. Um, and we come up with the Brazos Valley Bombers, Texas Collegiate League. Awesome. I had never even heard of that. I didn't even know what that was. Right. Um, and it takes like five bucks. They play in Bryan, Texas, College Station. And uh, I'm like, how many other leagues are there out there that we don't know? Collegiate summer leagues, for example. Mm-hmm. We have one by us, the Kenosha Kingfish. Yeah. And, you know, that, so we're familiar with the Northwoods League. I'm like, I wonder if there's other Northwoods leagues like this. And sure enough, we started finding a bunch. And so I remember Corey reaching out to me and saying, I think I can work on a website and I'm thinking that's crazy that, you know, he, I, I can build a website and he's like, but I, I, it should center around, let's find all the baseball and put it all in one place. I said, there's nothing like it. Minor league baseball had something like that for a long time, a geography map mm-hmm, of the mm-hmm. affiliated parks. Yeah. But that was as much organization as you really had. The rest right. was just, you know, fending for itself. Yeah. And so our goal was to kind of put all those places on one map. If you can get a ticket and go check out a game, whether it's out east in the Cape League or even up in Alaska in the Alaskan Baseball League, um, it should be on one map. And that's what we set out to do. And damn it, that's what we did. We wanted to unload it and release it on 2020 to start the season 2020. And then, of course, the pandemic hit and uh. we had to come up with some alternate plans. But that's how we started meeting people like you by putting the word out there on social media. And so that's kind of when it first dropped was in 2020, the coronavirus pandemic was good for something. And it brought us you, all together. If there's any silver lining you can find out of that disaster, you know, that, that that's worth exploring. Right. So, well, I noticed, you know, I was looking on here now. I mean, I'm just, you know, I check out Colorado. I mean, the mountain time zone, we were just talking about Montana, but the, you know, the mountain time zone is uh, a little sparse when it comes to professional and collegiate summer level baseball. But you already have the the Northern Colorado Owls on there who are moving here from from Orem, Utah. And so that's going to be they're about 20 minutes away from me already planning a road trip. Our mutual friend Ed Rivera from the Dad Hat Chronicles, he and his family are coming out here in September and we're going to go see. Yeah, we're going to see the 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 Northern Colorado Owls. We're going to see the Rocky Mountain Vibes. We're going to see the Colorado Rockies. James Christopher is coming out uh, and he's got a, a tour that's going to take him through parts of Colorado and up into Wyoming. So he's going to swing through Fort Collins. We're going to see the Rocky mountain vibes together. And we're going to go see the brand new gem city bison up in Laramie, oh, yeah. Wyoming. So it's been fun to, uh, you know, check out this map and see these places that we're going to go, go see here in, in, in upcoming road trips. You don't just do the map. You, you actually are a road tripper. So uh, obviously we, we talked about our Montana trip last year, but what do you have in store this year for uh, 2022? I'm glad you asked. Um, and it's changing daily. Um, yeah. So the first, the first trip of the year actually takes us back to Alabama. Last year, our first baseball trip of the year was to see the bananas put on their one city world tour. 
right. um, in Mobile, right? The yeah. One City World Tour. And it was great. <laughs> they printed out like concert shirts that just had Mobile all over the back of it. Um, <laughs> hilarious. You know, like yeah. that's just Savannah Bananas. If you've never seen the Savannah Bananas, you travel wherever they go. And it isn't just in Savannah, Georgia, although I've seen them there. Yeah. Um, this year, when they released their tour, and they've continued to add stops along the way. Mm-hmm. When they mentioned that they were going to go to Rickwood, the mm-hmm. oldest ball field in America, yeah. um, I I was like, we got to we got to go. So that puts us back in Alabama in in April, just like last year, uh, to see the bananas and see uh, their exhibition uh, style of play and banana ball. I get to bring my glove, try to catch a foul ball, and record an out in a game. That's uh, one of the banana ball rules. That's a fantastic um, rule. So th- I love it. It is. It is. And you know, I'm a, you know, I'm going to try, man. I'm going to get out there. I'm going to try to catch it. Um, and I'm not giving it away. Um, so, so that's one thing. And then we're thinking we're probably, we have the good fortune on our way down there. We're going to pass through Madison, Alabama mm-hmm. and the trash pandas are at home. And I've been through that city um i've stopped and picked up a hat i've seen the ballpark beautiful Mm -hmm. new ballparks i think it's toyota field or whatever it is Mm -hmm. it's gorgeous um but they're in town and it just seems like an embarrassment of riches so we'll probably knock out trash pandas and the bananas early april and then the only other thing we have on the calendar right now was another invite from our friend glenn uh to uh, it's like hey how about we get the whole group together again and let's go try jacksonville florida and it's like hey bro nice nice uh for you to reference your hometown yeah i guess we could all head there um but it actually works out pretty good with travel schedule and we were uh you know Corey and i were kind of planning um heading south again and so we might be able to fit that trip in and maybe some other things along the way we, we were talking about stopping in nashville oh, yeah. um and uh, catching a sounds game. So those are the things we have right now in store. Um, We're also talking a little bit about maybe a Northern Wisconsin um, slash Minnesota trip. Anything, put us a little bit by lightning kugels, you know, like put us by Chippewa Falls, Eau Claire, do a little bit of that. We might get a a Wisconsin trip in this year and kind of have a little fun in the outdoors area. Wisconsin, Minnesota area has got a lot to offer, so. That's a great, uh, that's a great way to approach that too. You know, getting to see parts of the country that you would never see. My 50th state was when I went to a Portland Sea Dogs game in Portland uh, or in Maine. I had three meals. We were there for 24 hours. I had three meals. All three of them were lobster rolls. So it's, uh, you know, I'm I'm experiencing these parts of the country. (laughs) One of the ones, you know, one of the things I have not done yet, but as my sort of circle of, of Twitter friends grows and sort of people who I know at all these places, the idea, you know, Baseball Palooza, I love because it's 10, 12 guys. We went to college together. We've known each other for two and a half decades, right? Like, so it's just, I mean, it's an amazing way to, to travel and see baseball. But I was looking, and I just put this out on Twitter recently. I was looking at the idea of taking a trip by myself, flying to the Pacific Northwest, and seeing as much baseball as I could in like a long weekend uh, in Portland, see the Portland pickles and the Hillsboro hops, mm-hmm. and then go up to Seattle and see the, uh, the Seattle Mariners in spite of everything major league baseball is trying to do to us right now. And the dub C fish sticks. So four teams Pacific Northwest. And I might do it by myself because I feel like there are people who I know now in all of those places 
who would either come join me for a game or, you know, people who I've gotten to know through doing this podcast and writing for sportslogos.net who I could just hang out with. Like, I'd love to go just hang out with Justin Mosier at a Dubsy fish sticks game, right? Like the, you know, the, the general manager of that team. So one of the things your website has done for me is, is that exactly right. Like to let me look at parts of the country where, Hey, maybe I'll go by myself. You know, my kids are going to be away for a few weeks this summer. Maybe I'll just go somewhere by myself. Another thing I wanted to mention about baseballmapper.com, because you mentioned Rick Woodfield, which is high on my list. I've never been. I would love to get there. But one of the things that you all do on your, on your map is you identify sites that are not just ballparks. They're not just stadiums for baseball, stadium, uh, baseball teams. And you identify sites, uh, you know, museums, historical sites, the, the Hall of Fame, the Negro Leagues Museum. And at Rickwood Field, one of the places I would love to go is the Southern Negro Leagues Museum that is basically adjacent to that ballpark there. So that's mm-hmm. another helpful thing in planning in, in planning road trips using your, your website there. Uh, obviously, you're going to be right there. You're going to stop by that museum, yeah? Absolutely. It was something that I thought about once we started getting these things on the map. Last year, we kind of we kind of sent out, I think it was a tweet to say, what other places we've added some places to the map that are um, historical sites and museums, places of interest, what other places should we add? And I want to say that museum came up as a recommendation, as well as like, um, I want to say like, I think it's the ballpark museum that's in Denver, some, uh, you know, so the, the fan base, you know, and our, and our Twitter fans and our, our friends that we've made on social media, have kind of offered ideas and that's really kind of what the map is for too it's truly collaborative it's like you tell me uh, a team that we don't have on there or something we need to fix we'll add it you know and the goal is that the you know whether we have to update a logo or if a, a website link isn't correct or if there's another recommendation of something else we're always trying to fix it to make it to where it's easier for people to get to baseball. And so those are the things that we want people to be able to see too, because if you're a baseball fan and you're going to Rickwood field or you're going to Coors field, you want to stop there too. You're it's a, you should know that the, this other baseball thing is right around the corner. And so, yeah, that is definitely something that we're looking to do um, and always add more to it and trying to shine more light on those things as well. Things like the Negro leagues museum that, you know, we went there last year uh, as a part of our trip to Kansas city. I know you went there too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I was so, we were so fortunate when we were there, we, we walked in and Bob Kendrick, the president of the museum is there kind of introduced, you know, introducing himself, welcoming us into the museum because we're opening the museum at 10 a.m. And he like walks in and he starts talking about the museum and he spends like 15 minutes talking and I get like tears in my eyes listening to him talk. He's so (laughs) passionate about it. And I'm like, that's incredible. I can't believe we, we got to get like a little introduction from Bob Kendrick. And then he went on to walk us around the place for an hour. And it's like, we got a guided tour from him and and uh those are the kinds of things you want want people to be able to find you know you you got to go find these places so that you can see something special and it might not be uh you know at a ballpark it yeah. might be something different like a museum or something too bob kendrick is just a special human being i mean he is just i mean there's there's a reason that he has just exploded all over the 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 world of baseball media, right? I mean, you just, you see him Uh everywhere. 
I'm actually very proud to say, I can't reveal any further details here, but I've got Bob's cell phone number in my cell phone. Uh, so that's uh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice have. Absolutely. Right. I interviewed him for a sports logos article. And then there was a time he came in, he came in on a day off to meet with uh, my, my girlfriend and me when we were in town on a Saturday and we had asked if we could interview him for a, like a project we were doing at a conference, right? Like that we were presenting in front of like 50 people. Now he's on MLB network and he's, you know, all over right. everything. And he's got this podcast that's wildly popular. I do have to say too, I don't know who it was on Twitter that recommended the national ballpark museum in Denver and the Southern Negro leagues museum in Alabama, but I bet they were devilishly handsome and super charming and just just really just great to be around so i don't, I don't know who it was who recommended those was it, was, was it you it might was have it been you? me both of those were actually me it was funny that you cited those as examples those were both me so awesome uh, <laughs> yeah that's awesome yeah i mean it's it's uh hey it's collaborative Absolutely. little did you know you are helping build a site my friend oh, i loved it i loved that that was part of it and i that to be honest actually was one of our very early interactions right like i was just sort of getting to know who you guys were and what that site was all about and so you know that was one of the first times we actually interacted one-to-one -one there so that was uh yeah it's funny that you would bring those up anyhow uh is there anything i just want you know i want to make sure i'm covering all of our bases here as it were it's a baseball reference patrick Nice. I caught it. <laughs> did you see you see what I did there? Is there anything about the site that I'm not asking? I know that you also you also have a blog and that you guys do a video podcast and you have a shop on there. So it's not just the map. You guys have a lot going on. So what else about the site should people be checking out when they go when they go you know check out baseballmapper.com? Well, there there is quite a bit that we do. Part of it is, you know, under this this broad um, this broad focus of bringing people to baseball. And I just, I find myself constantly telling people about things that are related to baseball teams or leagues or, and it's not even just the map. It's just like different things that uh, I've always been really interested about. In. I'm a lover of baseball. I always have been. So um, it's kind of our way to uh, showcase a lot of things. Like you mentioned the blog, if it's, you know, you know, we put a, we put a post together of, of, there was a, there was a Twitter post. I want to say by Ben Hill, uh, MILB correspondent, Benjamin Hill, who's, uh, you know, a bit of a, uh, celebrity in our realm. Um, he put out a Twitter post last year of like putting a meal together of, uh, alternate food identities of teams. <laughs> and so we're like, you know what, that's a blog post. Let's put together some food hats yeah. and, you know, that kind of, just that, that kind of stuff to like kind of bring people's attention to it. Um, there's a lot of unintended consequences with our map. We wanted to help people like you, like us who travel. If you're going to be on a work trip, where is there a team near you? Mm -hmm. If you're going to go visit grandma, are you going to pass by a stadium on the way? Mm -hmm. That was what we intended. What we didn't know is how many people would use the website for different purposes because they, uh, you know, can find our, our YouTube videos and see baseball movie reviews that we do, <laughs> uh, a baseball documentary review or something, right. or people clicking on all these teams and opening them up. And all of a sudden now they're on their website and they're buying hats of their favorite teams. Right. We didn't anticipate that. That just yeah. kind of has happened. And so being able to kind of showcase new teams, and um, bring people to them 
is really what we do and we do it in a variety of ways you know we're working on a podcast too you know we've been interviewing uh some different people and actually trying to create something with our own kind of twist on it because Corey and i have a lot of fun banter back and forth if you've ever watched a youtube video of ours mm-hmm. um we're longtime friends from high school and so us getting together was naturally going to be a little uh give and take a little fun had at each other's expenses um but you add a little baseball rivalry he's a cubs fan i'm a Sox fan um and it just some of those things just naturally work a lot of fun ensues we have a good time so um yeah i the the website hopefully uh is a caveat to help people find more baseball whether it's through podcast whether it's through teams they didn't know before whether it's uh, through blog posts and, and bringing them close that way, whatever we can do is, is what we're passionate about. So, well, it's such a fun resource and it's been so helpful to me. In fact, so this episode is going to drop on April 5th, uh, which is uh, I'm timing it intentionally with opening day of the AAA season, because Perfect. all of these, these road trips that we've been talking about for so long today, the day that this drops is the day that we can finally celebrate and actually go see baseball. And so probably for me, the first baseball game of the year, unless something happens between the time of this recording and the time the episode drops, the very first baseball game that I'm going to see is on a April work trip to Cleveland. And I used baseballmapper.com to determine that the Lake County captains, the high A affiliate, of uh, who are they they're an indians affiliate right they're the high indians well the guardians yeah yeah oh sorry that's gonna take some getting used to <laughs> it will they're the high a affiliate of the guardians not the indians and uh, i used baseballmapper.com to determine that they are 17 miles from my hotel and uh the, oh, the, that's perfect. the guardians are not in town and we're gonna have a rental car so we're gonna head out there and we're gonna hit a captain's game thanks to baseballmapper.com so it's a great site and i'm you know i really hope that among both of our travels this year we find a way to catch another ball game together because it was such a blast meeting you last year it's been such a blast getting to to become a a friend of yours and to uh to get to know each other and to uh to to interact on twitter and so thanks for everything that you do for for baseball fans and for baseball and for people like me and can't wait to see you in 2022 at a ball game. Well, thanks so much for having me. I uh, really appreciate it. If you think I'm not going to try to pressure you to come to Florida, you are mistaken. <laughs> we're gonna get you, we're gonna get babysitters worked up. We're gonna we're gonna figure out all other plans so that we can uh, reunite and hang out. And if not there, you know, you let me know when you're passing through our area. You'll be in the Chicagoland area. We'll find you around here and. Uh, uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll we'll pitch in and get you a game here somewhere. It could be made to happen. I'll keep you uh, apprised of plans for baseball palooza. I guess Fort Wayne is probably as close as we'll be to Chicago Ooh. on that trip. Mm, that sounds like a place I might be willing to go. See, I've heard great things about that ballpark too. So Me I've, too. Yeah, it's heard- beautiful. Parkview Field or whatever, it's beautiful. I've never been. I've never been. So I'm looking forward to that. But that's going to be in August. You know, hopefully it'll won't, it won't be all the way till August that we get together. And I'll tell you, it wouldn't take a ton of pressure to get me to, to, to Florida for a game, right? Like, so, uh, especially because another one that's high on my list and not far away from Jacksonville is Daytona would love to get to a uh, Tortuga's game. So 
Me too. You know, so this is the danger of having friends like you, Patrick, because it gets expensive. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm not a great influence. I'm telling you. <laughs> I don't think that's true at all. You and Corey are heroes. Thanks for everything that you do, Patrick. And we'll talk soon. All right. Sounds good, my friend. Take care. You too. Sorry, folks, park's closed. The moose out front should have told you.